So glad you guys are here. If this is your first time at a family dinner, really glad that you came. A uh, couple of ground rules. Major one is I'm just I'm trying to share openly. That's what we try to do with these gatherings. We don't want you to think that we're making decisions in secret. Uh, so we try to share openly some things that we're thinking about. So the, the flip side of that is none of the things that we're talking about are set in stone. None of the things that I'm going to share are finalized and firm decisions. So you need to keep that in mind as you're listening. I don't want you creating expectations around what I'm saying and then getting disappointed or upset or been out of shape if we wind up moving in a different direction. So all of this stuff is things that we're thinking about. We're moving in these directions, but none of it is finalized. And so I would invite you, uh, if you would like, to into the process. We do believe God speaks to the body through the body, and so that's y'all speaking to me uh, in a lot of ways. And so I'd Welcome input. If you have something based on what I'm sharing today, the best thing to do is to send me an email and to copy Kim. So if you want me to remember, don't come grab me afterwards because I'll forget and then you'll get your feelings hurt because I forgot and I didn't do anything about it. So the best thing, send me an email and copy Kim and then we can either get together or you can just put what you need uh, to tell me in that email because I do want to know what y'all are hearing and what you're thinking and how you're perceiving All of these things. So I'm going to step back and give kind of a big picture background, which some of you may not need, but hopefully it'll set the stage a little bit for these some key decisions that we're looking at making over the next six months. So our vision is community transformation. You know that the way I understand that on a personal level, that's more people living into the abundant life, receiving the abundant life that Jesus promises or that Jesus offers. That's the rest work relationship rhythm that we talk about. So I want to see more people in our community uh, receiving, living an abundant life corporately or structurally, if you like that better. We talk about the seven walls of the city, and we want to see those things rebuilt so that they're a blessing to the people in our city, so they they reflect the values of the kingdom. And you can see those seven walls listed there, government, family, education, church, the arts, cultural community, science, medicine. You see those things there. So we want to see all of those institutions rebuilt so that they're a blessing to the people who live in our community. Now, that vision is huge, way bigger, way beyond Stonebridge. And so as we've thought about that, a dynamic that we feel like is necessary if we want to see our community transform, we're calling it multiplication. That's a common word in church circles. It might not be in your circles since you're not in third grade math anymore. But for us, that's that's a key dynamic that we want to try to cultivate. And so there's really two ways to think about growth or to think about expansion. One is addition and one is multiplication. Addition is I'm going to make one thing bigger. Multiplication is I'm going to make one thing more than one thing. And that's the direction that we want to go. We want to make one thing more than one thing, not just make one thing bigger. Biblically, I think it's uh, I think it's the way of God to multiply versus add. You can see it all the way back in Exodus 18. Moses is overwhelmed with his duties as a judge and his father-in-law comes to him and he doesn't say build a bigger courtroom. What he says is you need more judges. You need to multiply yourself. You need to take the things that God has given to you and give those things, those responsibilities and those skills to other men so that they also can share the load. You see it with Jesus. He didn't just try to build a big following. He chose instead to focus on 12 guys 
give what the Father had given to him to these 12 men who could then in turn give those things to others. So when I say multiplication, the phrase I want you thinking about is freely giving what you freely received. That's what it means to multiply. Freely giving away the things that you freely received from the Lord. And I think as we see, as we begin to cultivate that mindset, that's what we'll need if we want to see our community transformed. Our, our church can't get big enough to impact our city, let alone our county. We can't add enough to make that happen. I think the way God wants to work is he wants to see a movement way beyond our church. Individuals, churches, other nonprofits who are working towards community transformation. They probably will use different language, and that's fine. They'll disagree with us on some things, and that's fine as well. But the bottom line is, I think that's what God's about. And I think every individual and organization that's walking with God is saying that we want to see things made new. Because that's what God does. He renews all things. Again, they may use different language from us, but we're all, I think, will be moving in the same direction. So that's it. Community transformation, multiplication. You can see that little graph there. You've seen one of those things before. The power of multiplication over addition. Addition is easier. And it's faster, but in the long run, it can't keep pace with multiplication. If you add, if we have a super evangelist and he can lead one person to the Lord every day for a year, you can see kind of how that works. First year, you've got 365, and the second year, there's 730, and by the 10th year, there's 3,650. In multiplication, you've got one guy, and he's just, all he can do is give away what he has to two other people. And so after the first year, it looks pretty sorry. He doesn't even have a small group. And after the second year, he barely has a small group. And at the fifth year, he's got a large small group. And then you can look around whatever that is, year 12, things begin to turn and multiplication outpaces addition. Math, life is not a math equation, you know that. But I think you can see the power in multiplication. Jesus said in John 12, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a seed, but if it does, it produces a harvest. So that's the idea of multiplication. But it's more painful and it's slower. Addition is easy and it's fast. And so for us to kind of move in this direction of multiplication, I think we, we have to uh, we, we have to intentionally choose that because the easy route is, well, let's just make one thing bigger. It's harder. It's more painful to say, let's make one thing more than one thing. But I think that's the direction the Lord is leading us. So that's my background, community transformation. If we want to see that, we need to develop this mindset of multiplication. You can have a different word for it. That's just what we're using, which is saying we don't want to make one thing, Stonebridge, bigger. We want to make one thing, Stonebridge, more than one thing. In multiple levels, and that's not just organizationally, that's in terms of leaders. It'd be great if we had more than one worship leader and more than one children's leader and more than one person leading hospitality. Every time we have a new small group, it's great because that's more, that's one more person that's pastoring other people. That's kind of the Moses idea from Exodus 18. So that's the direction we want to go. And I want to talk about three decisions that we're looking at making through the lens of multiplication. So that's why I gave you that background. First one, three services. Really the question is how do we accommodate growth? Addition, which is easier and faster. We can add a service. We can get a bigger space. We can create some kind of secondary site and use a video. Like those are the basic options 
if we want to add? How do we create more? How do we add more seats? That's really what that gets down to. We want to add a service or more square footage, either by getting a bigger space or uh, by creating some type of a satellite that we video into. Multiplication, we plant a church, would be the best solution. I'm caught. Four, we have four anchors. Those are, the, those are the key values of our church. More people who are living those things out and more small groups. What we're going to try to do, and you can see try is italicized, we want to stay with two services as long as we can because addition is easy and multiplication is hard. And I think if we add, then we'll never multiply. If we add something else, what that will do is relieve the pressure that we feel on Sunday morning and we'll say, we're okay for a while, and then we'll be having this conversation again in a year. And if we say we're just going to stick, like we don't want to be inhospitable for sure, and we don't want to create um, a situation, an environment where people can't engage the Lord because it's too crowded, 100%. We don't want our children's area to be unsafe. But barring those things, we just want to stick with two and feel uncomfortable and hope that that feeling of being uncomfortable will spur us to multiply. That's what I'm hoping. Just we need to learn how. We know how to add. We've added services. We've added square footage four times. We've added staff. We've never really multiplied. And so that's what I want us to try. And again, I don't know know what the time frame on that is, but that's what we're trying. We're as a Leadership, we're putting a lot of eggs in the church planting basket. Y'all were super generous last year. We had more money than we needed, and we set aside $30,000 to help somebody transition from whatever they're currently doing into a church planting role. We've never had money set aside for that before. I've started looking outside of our church. I'm talking to people outside of our church to see if they'd want to come and start something with us. I've never done that before, so we're trying to... Uh, create ultimately God's the one who calls, but we're trying to do everything on our end to make it as easy as possible for somebody to say yes. So on this three services question, I would say the best thing you can do is one, pray for God to raise up a church planter. And if you know someone who has a calling on their life to do that, put me together with them. It doesn't mean that we're a great fit for them or they're a great fit for us, but I would love to at least have that conversation with somebody. Again, ultimately, God's the one who calls and God's the one who plants. And so whatever his timing is, that's fine. But I'm not really worried about him holding up his end of the deal. I'm more worried about us on our end being intentional about pursuing something that can be a bit painful and can be a bit difficult. So again, I want to create the conditions that say, let's keep this in front of us. And I'm afraid if we add either a service or more space, It'll take the pressure off, and we'll just kick it down the road until we're full again. Is that good? Next thing. So, fall calendar. A couple of, we're gonna, I'm going to lead a couple of things in the fall that I have not done before. And really the question we're trying to answer is how do we help people freely receive? If multiplying is freely giving what we've freely received, where are the places where people can receive, at least from the staff, the things that God has put in us? And so we're going to do two things in the fall that our staff is going to lead. I'll be the primary leader on both of those. We're going to do these monthly how-tos. I don't know what it's going to be called. I am bad at naming things, and I don't like naming things. So right now, I'm just descriptive. Once a month, we'll be in here. It's open to anybody, very low commitment. 
standalone type deal. So one of the questions people have asked me is, well, where do we learn how to do the things that you talk about? Like, where, where's the place for that? You talk about hearing God. Where am I supposed to figure out how to do that? And so that's what these monthly things will be, very practical and hand Did it just go out? No. So things like, how do you hear God? How do you, you know, we live in an affluent society. We've talked about that. What does it look like? How do you raise kids in an affluent society? How do you read the Bible? How do you discover your deal? We talk about doing your deal all the time. We don't give you very much on how to actually figure out what it is. So how do you do that? And so, again, those are standalone, no commitment. You may come once because the topic interests you and never come again. You may decide, hey, this is what I want to do These every month. These things do not replace small groups. You will not build relationships and you will not build community because it will be a different group of people every time. I won't expect you to share at any type of a deep level. It's, I'm calling it comfortable sharing. You'll talk about the topic. So whatever it is that the topic is for the night, that's what you'll share. You're not going to be sharing uh, the deep burdens of your heart. You're not going to necessarily get prayed for that type of stuff. That's not what this is. This is not a small group. I would, I, I would think, I don't know, small group leaders can do what they want, but if this is one week a month, then a small group may say, we're not going to meet that week. That would probably be my hope. We're, we're going to meet three weeks a month. We're not going to meet this week, and we'll go to this thing together. And then that gives us something to talk about the other three weeks. If we're talking about how to hear God, then in our small group, we'll have three weeks to practice that and kind of figure that out. But that's up to each small group if that's what they want to do. So those things are coming. And the second thing I'm going to do on the other weeks, it's some of y'all have done fit. If you haven't, don't worry about it. Some of you have done deep roots. If you haven't, don't worry about it. I'm going to smash both of those things together. So we need a name. You can be thinking about that. And we're going to do this, whatever, this hybrid kind of small group class deal on the other week. So three weeks a month. This is also open to anybody, but it's a very high commitment level. So I'll expect you to be here, and there's a significant amount of work outside of the meetings. You're going to be reading Matthew. You're going to read uh, Luke. You're going to read John. You're going to have to share your testimony. There's a high expectation that you're going to be transparent and vulnerable If you're not prepared, honestly, you're going to feel like an idiot, and I'm not necessarily going to try to undo that for you. Like that's, it's a high, it's a high commitment thing. It's not. I'm not trying to scare you. I just want you to know what you would be saying yes to. I want everybody. I want you to do it, but I only want you to do it if you've got space and and a desire to do it. It's not a better than thing for some people. It's like I just don't have the space in my life in the fall to do something like that. Or I've already done fit. I'm not interested in going back. Over that material again. So what I'm trying to do is just create a spot to really dive deep into our four anchors. What does it look like to be conformed to the image of Jesus? What does it look like to do your deal? What does it look like to be led by the Spirit? What does it look like to find your Marietta? And then this understanding of abundant life. What does it look like to live in a rest, relationship, work, rhythm under the leadership of the Spirit? Those are the things that we're going to do. We're going to try, I think it's 10 or 11 weeks is what we've looked at in the fall. We're going to try to get it all in then. That's my hope. So those are two things coming this fall. If you do this, then you won't do a small group. This would become whatever your small group thing is. And if more than, I can probably handle 12 or 15. If it gets bigger than that, then I'll have to have some other people help me lead and we'll break up around tables. And that's fine, but uh, we'll do that. 
for sure. So the first thing, those how-tos, do not replace your small group. Join a small group, and you can come to those as they fit. This thing would replace or would be your small group for the fall. Both are open to all, but they're really different in terms of what they're offering. Last thing, let me see, leadership. So this is the murkiest one for me. How do we create a multiplication mindset throughout Stonebridge? This is Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. It was Jesus who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So if the idea is we freely give what we freely receive, then these five people, those five roles become very important because they're the ones who get people ready to give. That's what they do. They prepare people for works of service. So we need to figure out how do we engage those five. And we said this back in the spring when we looked at these briefly one Sunday morning. My contention is everybody fits under one of those labels. Everybody is one of those things dominantly and one of the others secondarily. You may not know where you fit, and that's okay. We'll try to figure that out as we move forward. So what I'm wanting to see in our, right now we have elders. We have administrative elders and ministry elders. There's 17. They're all men. They, have, they serve on different teams. They have different functions. And what I want to see, and again, this is, start, is murky, moving forward is leadership that's really run through the grid of those five roles. If those are the five roles that help build people up for works of service, I want to make sure we have those five voices or those five roles represented in our whatever we wind up calling our leadership structure. So if you but there is some tension. So one of the tensions for me is I would like to see more women in leadership. Some of that's theological for me and some of it's practical. We have women who lead. And we only have men who are elders, and it creates a weird dynamic when we've got these men trying to pastor these women. And they're trying to figure out, how do I do this in a way that, that, that doesn't compromise my marriage or their marriage or doesn't make them think I'm a creep? Or, like, how do we do that? And so that it's practically, it's an issue. And then there's also a, a theological piece for me as well. But there's some apparent biblical tension around women in leadership. This is one of the things that's slowing us down as we're working through uh, this question. And so you can see there just some of the, all of this is New Testament teaching. On the left, there are women in all of these roles. Apostles, there are female prophets, teachers, minister, whatever that means, co-workers of Paul. And then on the right, you have that 1 Timothy 2.12, which is very direct and harsh. And then 1 Timothy 3 that says if you want to be an overseer, which is the same word, as pastor, you must be the husband of one wife. And so there's some apparent tension. The Bible never contradicts itself, so it's just a matter of us working through it. And some of you have strong opinions about that. And so we're intentionally going very – and when we say we, I'm kind of speaking for the staff and our current group of elders. We're going very slowly through this because we want to make sure we're not leaving anybody behind or ticking anybody off unnecessarily. And so as we're trying to – as we're – Transitioning, hopefully, by January, I'm hopeful that we'll have whatever this new eldership, leadership, whatever we call it, structure is. This is one, will you go back, please? This is one of the things that we're trying to figure out. 
For me, I want to see more women in leadership, and I want to be faithful to what the Bible says about women in leadership. So that's the, those are the things we're wrestling with. My mind is not made up on that. I'm just working through some things. And again, if y'all have uh, thoughts, don't tell me. Email me. And then if we need to talk, then we will. But don't grab me after tonight or don't grab me on a Sunday because I won't remember. And then um, you, won't, you won't be heard. And that's not what I want. I want to make sure that you are heard. So my hope is the current elders were supposed to, they, they were on three-year terms. They ended in June. They're all gonna, most of them are going to give us six more months to figure this out. And my hope is in January of 2016, whatever this new structure looks like, we'll have in place. And it'll take us the fall to put it in place. And they'll, so they'll be, we'll put out in front of the congregation. There'll be an opportunity for you all to nominate people. And then we'll figure out who fits where. So that's a congregational process. The congregation doesn't vote and say we want this person to be an elder, but the congregation will nominate people who they say, I see this in them, and I would like to see them in leadership. So that there's a congregational element for sure. You're not just going to show up one Sunday. I'm going to say, here's your new set of leaders. There'll be a, um, there'll be a voice for everybody in that process. So this, again, is murky. I feel like it's the direction that we need to go. Particularly, I want to see those five voices in our highest level of leadership. I think it helps us hear God better. Uh, we need all five of those folks. They just, they're, they're different. They hear, they see different things in the body, and they perceive different things from the Lord, and we need to make sure that we're hearing from everybody to get a fuller picture of what God is saying to us. And so we're for sure moving in that direction. And then the, really, again, just the tension point is what's, what's the role for women with us. So that's all I've got. We were going to be done at 8, so we've got 10 minutes. I'm not going to necessarily open up for questions, if that's okay. I'm just afraid. I'm not, I'm not afraid a lot, just a little. So I'm just going to pray. And any, I would love to hear, just not in this setting. It'll be too hard to work through some of this stuff in a room of 100 and something people. So I'm going to pray. And again, what I want you leaving is, thinking is, Just sharing where we are. None of these decisions are in stone. God speaks to the body through the body. And so if there's something in your heart, I don't want to guilt you, but you need to let us know. One of the major reasons we're not adding a third service is because of what we heard from y'all. And that let us know this isn't, this isn't the thing. When we talked about it, nobody was, like not one person was like, this is a great idea. Nobody said that. And so we took that. As the Lord speaking to us, uh, we mean God, we, we listen to the Lord through the body. And so if God is stirring something in your heart, I want you to share it. Even if you feel like it goes against some of the things that you think I'm saying, because I need to hear and we need to hear what God is saying. So I want you to know you've got full permission to do that as long as you do it nicely. So let's pray. God, I do feel like we're at a crossroads in some ways. We've had eight years about, I think right at eight years. And this is, you've built a great church. It's great. And your people are coming and I think they're experiencing life and people are growing and we're sending people out and all of that's wonderful. And I, I just feel like we're, we're looking ahead or I'm at least looking ahead and saying, okay, so what about community transformation? When are we going to begin to see some of that? Out there, 
when are we going to begin to see some changes in our government and in our schools and in our families? And I I know that we have a role. We're not better than anybody. But I know that we have a role, and I feel like our role is to go first. And so we want to do that. Whatever that looks like, we want to be willing to go first. And so I pray that you would lead us into the next season of our life together as a family and as a body. I believe you want us to be a church that plants churches. And so I pray that you would raise up not just one, but many church planters. And that healthy, strong, fully functioning churches would be formed. Not to bring any glory to us, but because there are people all over this county who need a life-giving church. God, I do believe there's things that you put in us. And we want to make sure that we're being faithful to steward those things in our own hearts. That we're also faithful to give those things away to others. So I pray for these things this fall, for our small groups and these kind of class deals that we're launching. I pray for our small groups with our children and our students and our adults. That those would be places of life and growth. I pray everybody would find family in those groups. And this leadership thing, those types of things can blow churches up. And we don't want to see that happen. And so we're asking you to lead us forward. Show us what it looks like to be faithful to your heart and to your word. Show us how to honor the fact that 1 Timothy says this and Galatians says in Christ there's neither male nor female. So how do those things go together? We need you to show us and know how to honor one another as we move forward with these decisions. And God, I do want to see apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers. And this room is full of all five of those things. And I want to see each person grabbing on, not for the sake of having a label, but knowing where they fit and knowing how you've wired them and knowing where they contribute. We want our apostles to apostle and our prophets to prophesy and our evangelists to evangelize and our shepherds to pastor and our teachers to teach. We want those things to happen. So anything that we need to do to encourage that in people, God, we say yes to those things. And I pray for each of us that we'd be willing to hear your voice say, this is who you are. This, you're a gift to the body in this way. And we begin to step in and engage with you in preparing one another for works of service. So God, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you for where you've brought us. And we thank you that you've got things for us in the future. And again, we just say yes to that. I pray that you would keep us close to one another. And I pray that you would keep us close to you. You give us ears to hear what you're saying. And we be courageous in saying yes. In Jesus' name, amen.